Hello and welcome to a special episode of James Bond and Friends. Uh, James Bond is busy in post-production, so I'm your fill-in host, James Page, from your friends at MI6, HQ.com, and the magazine MI6 Confidential. And on this episode, we're doing something slightly different. We're going to delve deep into a specialist topic, um, really centered around this great event that's coming up in the next few days, and that's the Adam Carter-Jones James Bond poster collection auction which is taking place soon um so i'd like to introduce us two special guests for this episode and that's adam carter jones himself um and mike bloomfield um would you like to introduce yourself guys yeah hi so i'm adam carter jones uh good to be here and um hi i'm mike bloomfield and i'm the prop store poster consultant for this james bond's um poster auction fantastic guys so why don't you tell us first um uh, about when it is, uh, where it is, how people can get involved and, 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 and see the collection. Yeah, the, um, the auction is actually running currently online at uh, propstore.com. Um, and the final auction day, when all the action is going to take place, is the 5th of November, so next Tuesday. Um, it's both an online auction and also um, a physical auction at Prop Store's premises um, uh, in Hertfordshire in the U- UK, um, starting at um, 12 noon next Tuesday. So, Adam, for those um, for those of uh, our audience that don't know you, because I know we've known each other for a long time um, in around the Bond community, um, how did you get into collecting posters and starting your website and, and building this great collection? Yeah, it was uh, through my father, Duncan. Uh, he's collected for over 50 years. Um, uh, he originally started collecting the, you know, the toys. As a child, he would have done that. Um, and then when he was getting a little bit older, he started getting posters. And, you know, he would, I think it's the first ever poster he got was from a local cinema in the northeast. And ever since, he's just he's added posters to the collection along the way. When I was younger, I used to go to toy fairs with him. And that's how I first became involved in James Bond. When I got to about 15 or 16, that's when I started collecting posters not properly but i started dabbling it um and then in 2005 that's when i seriously got into it started to make sense of what my father had already collected uh and then in 2008 i set up the the, the oneposter.com website and from there on in it just it exploded like that's when i started to really curate the collection as a whole and you know, put what my father had collected himself into an order. So what started out as kind of like a, a family hobby um, turned into a, an investment, almost like a business? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, like, originally I never intended, and my father the same, we both never intended to collect for investment purposes. It wasn't about that. It was just literally about collecting the, the art of the poster. Um mm. And then, the, obviously, me being me, I became a completist, which is how the collection is so big as what it is. You know, like obviously, my father had all the posters he had, but then I had to expand on that further. Right. So, um, Mike, could you tell us about your role in 
this great event um, coming up and how you got involved and what your role is. Okay, sure. Um, well, well, as a um, background, um, I've been collecting for um, nigh on 30 years. Um, and from uh, that collecting background, I, I actually um, uh, uh, became a poster dealer back in 1998. So I'm now one of the longest standing poster dealers in the UK. And from that experience, we developed a consultancy business. And I was um, hired by the prop store um, two years ago to bring them into the poster auction market and so the uh, the bonds auction is now my my fourth auction poster auction for prop store um and um it will um i'm sure be the biggest poster auction that they've handled to date yeah and with um if I'm, is this correct 462 lots um, yeah, we're, we're, that's a lot um, of work to pull out here. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a, uh, a huge amount of work, but um, uh, and uh, you know we, we've we've had a lot of help from from Adam um, because obviously he is um, an expert in his own right as well. Um, but it's been a you know a, a, a big task. But I have to say, it's for me, it's been um, a very pleasurable um, um, uh, you know operation. It's been a privilege actually to work on this collection because. You know, I'm seeing or have seen posters that um, I have never seen before. Right. Um, and, you know, having kicked around the market for 30 odd years, um, that gives you some some indication as to the rarity of some of these posters. Yes. I mean, just the um, just the catalogue alone is an enormous amount of work and um, will probably become a collectible in its own right. Yeah, it's it's actually quite interesting. The um, um, I mean, obviously the um, uh, the print run is distributed to VIPs and previous consigners and um, you know, likely buyers, um, but then it's it's put on sale to to the general public, and it's the first time in prop stores history that they've actually sold out of of the um, auction catalogue, and um, they actually. Did a second print run, um, and that sold out um, also, which um, you know hopefully is a sign, is a sign that the um, the interest levels are are, are you know uh, uh, broad and deep. Absolutely. So, Adam, you mentioned you know you're a bit of a completist. Yeah. I mean, I, I sympathise with you. I'm a bit OCD about everything being correct. Yeah, and I sort of sympathise with myself at times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you took over the, you know, when you started um, taking inventory, basically of the collection as it was in the early days when you started the website, where were the, where were the big gaps that you were trying to fill in the early days? I think there was already quite a lot of, um, you know, the British, like the the very old British and US, and, um, but there was like, it was the oddities that I couldn't find like, that I didn't have so. There was, for instance, like lot 25 of the auction is a Goldfinger double crown, and it's the text version. Um, right. And that in itself is incredibly rare. And I think might or agree with me on this. Um, and I, what I used to do, and what I, I don't do it so much now, but I, I used to research and research and search, you know, 
you spend hours on the computer um, and emailing people trying to find things. I just so happened to come across this whole thing at Double Crown. Um, so it was one of those instances where I didn't even haggle. I just bought it there and then, you know. So you mentioned the, the golfing text post, and that's one I haven't seen before either. Oh, okay. Um, in the, I've never seen it in the flash. Um, what are some of the other um, standout rarities, oddballs, uh, things that even if you've been around Bond for as long as we have, you still might be like, oh, I've never seen that before? Uh, um, I think Lot 36, which is a Thunderball regional premier program, to my knowledge, I don't believe anyone's ever seen one of those before because i certainly haven't and i don't i mean tell me if i'm wrong mike but i don't think you have either no i I, i've never seen that and um i mean there are a host of um posters um in in the auction that either we we we've never seen before or they're the kind of things that come up once every sort of 10 15 20 years i mean there's a another example is the um the japanese b1 advanced poster for octopussy it's a foil um poster now now to the best of my knowledge um that poster has only been in the auction market once in the past 20 years and the poster that we're selling is is the one that appeared, um, you know, twelve years ago or whenever it came onto the market. Um, and there are lots and lots of examples of of that sort in the auction. But we we have, I think, it's worth um, stressing that we have tried to um, provide a, a a balance here. So although we've got the um, really high-profile, super rare posters. You know, some of them are, are, are estimated in, in the thousands of pounds. Yeah. We have also got um, a number of lots starting at um, fifty to a hundred pounds. So, you know, we are trying to make this auction um, uh, relevant to the, the the broadest base of um, fans and collectors possible because not everyone has got um, yeah big bucks to to spend right. you know so you know there there are entry level pieces in there as well yeah I mean if if, if anybody's listening and you're a fan of a particular film um, there's there's something for everybody's budget I think in this collection one of the ones I spotted, I've never seen one in in the flesh. Is the um, the anti piracy Living Daylights poster, <laughs> yeah. which is unique to the series. Yeah. Um, that's something that I w- I'm interested in because you know it's just one of those um, lesser seen items, but it's uh, available for like a reasonable price. Um, so there's something, as you say, there is something for everybody in here. Yeah, and I think um, you know this is one of the great things about collecting Bond. Um, you know, we all know the you know the the standard. Um, uh, US one sheets and the standard quad quad posters, but there are so many different um, um, you know quirky um, posters um, besides. Um, you know, Adam mentioned the very first lot in the auction, which is which is a beautiful picture of a uh, Aston Martin which has been clamped on Westminster Bridge, and this was a you know this. Uh, this was issued by the driving licensing authority um and you know a lot of the posters i think are are, are really very humorous as well and you know of, of course humor was a one of the key ingredients in the bond films i think yeah yeah so um 
Adam Mike just mentioned a lot. Number one, uh, are there, have you got any good stories about things that you never thought you'd managed to get, and then you stumbled across them, or uh, ones that took you a long time to hunt out? What are your personal kind of either you know moments of victory, <laughs> if you like, for your collection? I think, oh, well, like what Mike hinted on, you know, there's a lot of rare posters in the auction, and there's, I've got so many stories. I think as a like on a personal, from a personal viewpoint, I believe it's lot thirty-three, and it's a, um, it's a Goldfinger, Thunderball, and Thund- Thunderbird six double crown. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't actually think that existed. I knew the quad existed because I had one. Because, uh, I bought one, um, and I just I got talking to a guy uh, who happened to say he had one, and. The price I paid was it was too good to turn down, um, but I couldn't believe that he actually had one to to begin with. How, how about the um, corgi poster that for your eyes only uh, corgi poster? I mean that again was a poster I'd never seen before. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that was um, that was actually through my father. He already had that, um, but he got he right. got that one through a, because he collected the James Bond models. He had a lot of contacts in the toy um, toy market, so yep. I think he. I'm pretty certain, rather, he acquired that through a toy dealer um, at the time. So obviously, obviously, many years ago now. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, personally, just scrolling through the collection, and we did a podcast episode a few weeks yeah. ago with uh, if we were to do our own double double features, what movies would we pick and why and i think some of the double feature posters yeah are, are pretty unique yeah um, you know because it's the distributor often mashed up something themselves um, yeah and I, I i think that you know that's a very good point actually because in my view um some of those double triple bills um i feel are quite undervalued by the market currently um, I mean, they are re-release posters, uh, yeah. but you know, f- <laughs> you know, frequently the artwork, um, you know, on a double bill, you're getting artwork from two different films, um, and they were, you know, they weren't cheaply bashed together like um, lots of other double bills that you see in the market. You know, the, right. um, Bond re-releases, they they spent um, time and money, um, you know, designing these, um, and I think they're. You know, from a from an investment perspective, I, you know, I I, I think uh, the re-release um, double and triple bills are are a very interesting sector. Yeah, I mean, you can almost it's almost like a sub genre of it bond is. in itself. Yeah, and yeah, and I th- I, th- I think the um, one of the reasons that I'm um, certainly if you look at the UK quad double bills, they have shown really strong price performance in the past three years and i think one of the reasons for that is that the the underlying quads you know the connery quads the roger moore quads have become so expensive that um you know suddenly people are looking around and saying well i may not be able to afford ten thousand pounds for a doctor no but the next best thing is i'll get a a re-release doctor no um as part of a double bill with something else and of course, also on top of that, you've got um, you've got your completists um, like Adam, who 
may have all the standard US1 sheets or quads and then think, right, okay, done that, move on to something else. Right. Right. So you mentioned, Mike, you know, the double feature posters is an example of something that maybe the general collecting market is a little bit undervalued. Yeah. Um, so speaking of valuations, um, how do you go about, what are the different techniques you use to, to value um, these lots in such a, a wide collection? Ah, okay. Well, it's... Um, <clears throat> It, it's it's a mixture of things. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been in the market 30 years, so there's a certain amount of residual knowledge that I've got. But each item has to be assessed um, on its own merits because, of course, uh, you know, one Dr. No UK quad is not the same as the next Dr. No UK quad because you've got to um, uh, consider condition. Um, so you sit down, you identify what the poster is, um, you work out whether it's a first release or a second release or a first print or a later print. Um, then you have got to um, uh, be cognizant of the, the market. You've got to have a look at the auction market because this is an auction. Um, so we assess um, auctions both in the States and in the UK to get uh, an idea of um, a broad valuation. Um, I'd also look at the dealer market as well, um, because, you know, if you find that, you know, there are, are no posters uh, available in the market of the particular sort that you're examining, then you might right. want to go a little bit more aggressive with the pricing. But the the art of, I think, getting a successful auction is to is to try and achieve a balance. We hope that our estimates are fair and reasonable, and that's not only fair and reasonable to um, you know, the market potential buyers, but also to our client Adam. Um, you know, we've got to find a balance there that uh, work, works for both sides. Yeah, can I? I just want to add something to that as well, like, um, with. <laughs> Not obviously to do with the value, but it's the quality of the collection as well. Because my father was, you know, unbeknownst to him, really, he did the right thing and getting the best condition posters he could find at the time. And obviously, that's the way I'm inclined anyway. Yeah. And I've made a point of trying to get the best condition poster I could find. Um, and I think that's what sets this auction apart. Yeah. I, th I think that's that's a very good point because um, what's also quite um, interesting about this collection is that al although we do have some linen-backed um, posters, the vast majority of the collection is unrestored. You know, it's in original, unrestored condition. And I personally think that... Um, the market is beginning to um, uh, pay a premium for unrestored posters. Um, clearly, restored posters can look absolutely fantastic, but you, you have to ask yourself, yeah, how much of this this artifact is 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 real and original, and how much has right. has effectively been overpainted, and that is one of the issues that is, you know, becoming more topical in the broader um, poster market. But as I say, most of Adam's collection, um, you know, uh, restoration 
it, it wasn't simply an issue because you know they are in original form. Yeah. Um, question for both of you, and um, you can be as um, oblique as you like. Um, past um, past major poster auctions that have happened that focused on Bond, there has been some questions of provenance on some of the items. Um, how do you go about? What are the techniques uh, a buyer? Um, not necessarily from this auction, but you know, if you're a collector yourself, what are the kind of things you should look out for um, in a market that's that's had has been known to have a few knockoffs? Yeah, you. I think there's there's always an onus. Um, you know, if you've got the time and the inclination to do your own research. I mean, I'm speaking now as a collector myself. Yeah. The more the more time that you can you can spend um, looking at the at the market, the better. Because if you know there are certain titles that have been reproduced in the past. Now, if you do a bit of research, you will find out which titles those are and what are the um, you know the key characteristics of distinguishing a, a repro from the original right. so obviously the more time you put in you know the, 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 the further up the learning curve you go um, w- one would hope that buying from a reputable auction that a lot of that work has been done for you and um, as, as we've you know discussed earlier, we do spend an enormous amount of time um, assessing each poster. Um, you know, in terms of trying to um, grade um, and assess condition. You know, if we've got any any thought that there's been any restoration, you know, we examine our posters with a UV light. Right. Um, and we actually go out of our way at Prop Store to highlight um, any condition issues or any um, historical restoration, because I think and this is again a personal thing for for me. I feel very strongly that the the poster auction market needs to um, uh, really work hard in terms of the level of disclosure and transparency um, with which um, posters are are graded, assessed and described. Yeah, and I think um, I think the key word you mentioned there is trust, right? And that's, you know, people buying from an auction that's been curated and valued and the provenance has been checked is a whole different league above somebody buying through a third-party reseller yeah, on like eBay they, or something like that. Mike's put across quite succinctly everything I was going to say. <laughs> but what I was also like to add is that as a collector, if you're unsure about anything, go to a trusted source or like approach someone like Mike you know, who can possibly give you uh, an answer. You know, and I, I mean, myself, I get a lot of uh, emails through the website still uh, of people just asking if a post right. is genuine or do they think it's worth going for, it's said poster, you know, things like that. Um, but in my early days, when I first started really getting into the nitty-gritty of poster collecting, I would ask dealers who knew more than me many questions um, it's obviously you've got to you know, increase your own learning is it, or expand on your own learning one of the things also that I think distinguishes um, this auction from most other auctions in the world is that 
you know, for each poster, um, if it's a standalone poster lot, um, we as a standard take a photograph of the front of the poster, but also the back of the poster. Right. Uh, and the reason for doing that is that quite often, um, if there has been restoration or damage, you know, if it's a very, very colourful and busy poster, you may not see that there's, you know, staining whereas uh, an image of the reverse of the poster um, is really helpful in terms of um, highlighting um, condition flaws and we have um, up to six images per lot that i can i can use um, which is again one of the the great things about you know, prop store that they've got the resources to to allow me to present the posters um, uh, in in this fashion, and since we've been doing that, we started um, um, in 2018. Um, I've noticed that there are other auction houses in the UK that are beginning to adopt the same practice. Right. So um, that's a step in the right direction, I think, and should be helpful for a lot of collectors. That's excellent tip. Excellent tip. Um, so speaking broadly about posters as a whole, um, wh- have you got any personal favorites, both of you, whether it's the style of the artwork that, that you would, if you had to pick one to hang on a wall, that's a tough, it's a tough I can choice. Tell you, I can tell you straight away. It's the, for me, it's the Thunderball advanced UK Accord. Do, do you know that's uh, that's a bit spooky because that's exactly the same. <laughs> um, the the, the problem the problem though is that whereas um, uh, Adam owns it, um, I would like to own it, but I can't afford it. <laughs> um, the the great thing about that poster, apart from the fact that it's really rare, is that effectively you get it was designed in four panels, um, and it was designed to be cut up. So effectively, you get four. Um, uh, four posters in one, um, and you get the two. Uh, I, I guess the, the two um, most identifiable Bond artists in the in the entire Bond canon. So you get Robert McGuinness, two two artworks by Robert McGuinness, and two by Frank McCarthy. Um, so it's it, it's a perfect poster. It really is. Um, and for those who can't visualize it, listening, it's the look up, look out, look down. James Bond does it everywhere. Um, quad split kind of design, which is yeah. And, and so you've got two panels um, uh, by McCarthy on the left hand side, and two panels on the right hand side. Um, absolutely beautiful, beautiful poster. But then again, you know that's the you know that's um, that that's one of the more expensive posters. There's already a bit of ten ten thousand pounds on that. But um, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, I we've mentioned lot number one several times. It's a modern poster from 2001. Um, but you've got you've got an Aston Martin. You've got the humour of Bond there, and um, another a, I think a sleeper that may do really well is. Um, uh, it's a modern, you know, even more modern, and that's the Skyfall um, Adele soundtrack poster. Um, right. I've never seen that before. What, what's what's interesting there is that you've, you, obviously, it's of interest to Bond's collectors, but you may well have Adele collectors who will will go after that. So uh, I'd be very interested to see the you know the price performance on that one. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I came across that completely by accident, and I deliberately got in the car and drove down to Preston, picked it up from the guy's house, drove back home. Because I, I just, you know, when you know something's so yeah. rare, you're never going to say it again, and that was one of those instances. Yeah, the the uh, uh, the, the the other um, other one which I think is is really interesting is um, we've got a subway poster for. Uh, gold uh, american subway poster for goldfinger um and it's um it, you know bespoke poster for just two two um american cinemas right. um and it's advertising um viewings the day after the premiere um and the premiere was actually held at one of the cinemas um you know uh, named on the on the poster now we again we've never seen that poster before uh, you've 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 got to have some hanging room for it because it is a subway <laughs> poster but but it's a, it's a it's a lovely poster i like that one yeah, it's similar. Um, not a, not, obviously not a similar value, but going more modern again. Uh, once more to Skyfall. There's a um, there's a lot in the auction, which is a it's a six quad post, the big poster, isn't it, Mike? And it makes up it makes up essentially the main quad poster for Skyfall. Yeah, very very yes, interesting. Um, yeah, I was just looking at that right now. It's lot one eighty seven. If you're playing along yeah. at home. Yeah, it's the um, <laughs> six, six quad posters together. Um, it's ginormous. Yeah, it's um, it, it. I actually remember seeing that poster um, in London when I was driving around in London, um, and um, you know, on the skyline, it looked um, pretty impressive. Uh, but I, th- I think these were produced in tiny, tiny quantities, um, yeah. and you know. <laughs> That we can't be certain how many are are, are left, but I think you'd be f- it would be reasonable to say a handful at most. Right. Yes, five feet by ten feet, which is yeah. This, this one this one clearly was never never used, um, and you know those that were used, I I just don't think that they would have been yeah. Taken down in pieces and kept uh, is it is not not likely at all. So it's interesting that you both mentioned posters from sort of the beginning and the end of the franchise as we stand today. Yeah. Um, no time to die released a teaser poster and James Bond day um, met with mixed reaction online. Yeah. Um, well, I say mixed. I think mixed is being pretty kind. Um, yeah. I thought it was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask any of guys' professional opinions as people who look at these things more than most people. Oh, oh, oh dreadful! I mean, I, 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 I'm biased because as a collector, I, I really focus on um, uh, posters that are based on painted artwork, and right. that that means basically everything up to um, the Living Daylights, which was the last. Um, uh, Bond film um, to feature uh, posters with you know uh, designed with paste uh, uh, painted artwork, um, but there are you know you 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 still can get good looking modern posters, but for that one I think um, it's a bit of a cop out. There's not there's not a huge amount of um, yeah artistic yeah. input um, uh, that's gone into that one. Yeah, I would I would agree there, mate. I mean, if you look at like posters for Casino Royale from 2006. Yeah. Obviously not that long ago to now. Um, it's 
seem to have gone in one direction and it's not the best direction either. Um, And I think think in the broader market, um, we're beginning to see a bit of a kickback and a reaction. Um, And it's not just... um, you know, old fogies like myself who um, you know, prefer painted posters. But um, if you look at what's happening in the world of Mondo posters, you know, particularly in the States, you yeah. know, you've got, you know, who buys Mondo posters? Well, it's mostly, you know, trendy 20, 30, 30 somethings, you know, young guys who are actually rediscovering the, 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 the art of a painted poster um, or a painted design poster. Um, and I think the the, you know, the the lifespan of the the photographic um, uh, poster designs is is becoming to uh, you know hopefully coming to an end. Yeah. So I have a theory about the No Time to Die poster, which is I think the design agencies, and this is not limited to Bond, but modern action adventure movies. Does it look good as a thumbnail on iTunes? Yeah, because that's what it's I've never used thought about it that way. So a big font that's highly readable with a high contrast color scheme pops yeah. out on you know iTunes and Amazon Prime, where a big bulk of the revenue is going to come from once the film's out. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, yeah. what I like about the the font anyway is that it, it goes back to Honor Majesties and Live and Let Die because they yeah. used that font back then in part of their advertising. I, th- I think also to be fair to modern poster designers, you know, they they've got uh, far less room for manoeuvre and artistic um, expression than was the case, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, you know, the image rights now are, are, are so tightly controlled right. um, that um, it it is difficult. I think you know that that I, th- I think to be a poster designer in in the modern world would be quite a frustrating thing um you know back in the 60s and 70s um you know the guys were given not necessarily a free hand but they you know they could really express themselves and that's why you see such a wonderful diversity of um of 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 poster designs whereas these days and you know not it's not just bonds but you go into a, a modern cinema and so many of the the posters just look the same really they're, they're photographic shots of the 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 lead stars yeah i guess that that accelerates approvals if you're using photographs of the people versus yeah you know a painter because then um there was a a bond licensee years ago that was doing um products with other franchises and the complaint they often got was well the characters don't look like the actor well it's like the first version of the product did and then the actor and the actor's agents and publicists got involved and tweaked it tweaked it tweaked it (laughs) until it looked like you know a bad instagram filter of the person um and that's that's where they ended up and 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 of course it doesn't um uh you know one has to um admit that occasionally um the old the old artists, you know, the painter artists got it wrong. I mean, I've got a, a Norwegian poster for Some Like It Hot, and it's the worst image of Marilyn Monroe you could ever, <laughs> ever wish to see. I mean, it actually looks like she's in drag. Um, it's just appalling. Um, it's just, just horrid. But, you know, I, I love it because of that. Right. Oh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to note as well, though, like, whereas the majority of the older posters are illustrated, there are a few 
that aren't. So like even like you know, like the Goldfinger Code, Mike. Um mm. yeah. that's Robert Brown John did that and he used the obviously the photographs, um, superimposed everything on there. Um and then you can go up to the spy you love me, like the, the calendar advance code which is in the the seal as well. And that uses an image yep. of a uh, photographic image of Roger Moore. Um, so it's interesting that, like, even though that it's primarily illustrated, but I've got the odd one or two photographic posters in there as well from Batman. Yeah, and the, and most of the the artists from from that that period from the sixties and seventies um, through through to the eighties actually uh, were able to switch between the two. Uh, mediums so that and sometimes you did get posters that um, contained both um, uh, painted illustration and and photographic displays as well um, I, I, unfortunately the pendulum swung completely the the other way and, and modern posters are 99 percent just just um, photographic um, displays now yeah yeah so adam when the um when the auction's finished i guess they made your life a little easier by having a terribly designed no time to die poster but <laughs> are, you, are you gonna are your fingers gonna start twitching you know when uh when the release poster comes out um what are you gonna do with yourself um yeah. once this is all done concentrate on my physiotherapy degree <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, the thing is i always say like once a collector you'll always be a collector and yeah this is yeah. like if, just for myself i need to get out of that mindset in some way just for the next three years in any case um because i know what i'm like i'll when the poster comes out i will think mm, i think i should get that one <laughs> you know um, and every variant. Well, uh, no, I think I, the days have gone for that though. From now, like I think once when I agreed with Prop Store that the collection would go, um, that was a pretty pretty momentous moment for me because I wasn't sure whether or not that day would actually arrive. And then I think what really hit it hit me was when all the posters were collected. And once they left the drive, right. that was a moment where I thought, well, this is it. This is actually happening. Um, so that, that's, from that point, that's when I've started to you know, try to change the way I'm thinking. And I've deliberately not looked at any other auctions or internet uh, sites. Just, so you're yeah. trying to go cold turkey now? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think Prop Store are rather hoping that in three years' time, Adam's going to um, uh, approach them with a, a fantastic Star Wars collection. Um, I, th- I think it's, you know, it, it's it's been interesting, an interesting sort of collaboration. And um, it, it's always a wrench when you've spent so many years building up a collection. Um, but I, I guess... I guess it comes to all of us at various times, you know, you reach a point where you think, right, okay, well, I've really enjoyed doing this. And now I've reached a point in my life where, you know, I've got to go in a different direction. And I think what's what's also, you know, quite maybe provides a degree of comfort um, uh, uh, and offsets the wrench is the fact that um, this collection has been acquired over so many years. And during that period of time, 
the values in the poster market, the bond poster market, have gone through the roof. Yeah. So it w- will pro- have proven to be an absolutely fantastic investment as well. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna get your feelings on this, Adam, because um, this is something that's kind of. Um, been closer to my heart lately is that you know even if all the physical things are gone and the posters are gone you'll still have all those friendships and connections that you've built up over the years right and the, yeah, that's exactly. the community yeah i mean well, one of the the big things for me is the the website because it's it's just a labor of love that website I, that's my connection to the bond poster world still um, right. so obviously i'm i'm in the process of having it upgraded at the moment but um that will be my kind of foot in the door still you know keep the keep some conversations open with people i don't necessarily speak to a lot but in the wider uh scheme of things i'll always stay in touch with the people i've met over the years through bond um you know like such as yourself james yeah and you'll keep your toe in the water with the website so yeah. it's bondposters.com yeah, completely free reference website. Uh, there's no selling on there at all. It's just simply for posters. Um, hopefully, the upgraded uh, website should be open soon. Fantastic. So just to wrap up, Mike, do you want to give us the uh, little coda on where people should go and what time they should tune in and how they can get involved? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> again, it's it's already online. So the, um, the 460 plus slots are there. Um, uh, illustrated lots of photographs so that's propstore.com um, and um, so you can you can view everything there or alternatively if you happen to be in the UK um, you're very very welcome at prop stores um, HQ which is just off the M25 junction 18 um, at just outside Rick, Rickmansworth and the auction um, uh, takes place um, 12 noon on the 5th of November. That's next Tuesday. Um, so come along. Um, do If you are coming in person, uh, give yourself an extra hour or so um, so that you can get yourself registered before we kick off at 12 noon because it's a 12 noon sharp start. Fantastic. Well, I wish you both the best of luck and anybody who's listening that's getting involved. I hope everybody manages to get something they, they, they'll come to love and maybe kickstart a few new collections um, around the world. Um, it's never, never a bad time to get started, right? No, and um, this is, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier, there's something for everyone in this auction. Um, uh, it's it's not all posters. Um, there's a range of prices. The posters from, you know, if you don't want to collect British posters, you don't want to collect uh, American posters, then how about German, French, Italian, or uh, Japanese or Australian? So right. there's there really is something for everyone there. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And um, if you're going along in person, um, please tell them that James Bond and friends sent you. Um, and uh, best of luck on the 5th. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much indeed. Because I know you're mine.